We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. Robin. A two-run home run. The Brewers take the lead. Morgan, a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcasts, are you a small market Major League Baseball team that has a chance to win your division or a wild card, but also don't want to mortgage your future by trading the top prospects in your system? Matt Arnold is here to tell you, to if you're going to add, please add responsibly. Paid for by Brewers fans across baseball. Uh, uh, hey, Adam, how you doing? The Brewers added responsibly. Kudos to Matt Arnold. Let's talk about it. I heard. I heard you say paid for. When does that hit our bank accounts? Oh no, we I paid. We paid for the ad. Oh, we paid. We paid for the yeah. Because you know, we you know, you and I, I I took it out of the, our joint account. Everyone, uh, we have a joint account. It's a <laughs> cruising for a bruising uh, account that we use for all of our expenditures and uh, things of that nature. Uh, so I did it without asking. You know, you and I had talked about the trade deadline as you know wanting to make moves, but not wanting uh, to mortgage the future. So uh, yeah, just paid for a lot of uh, marketing around the city. Uh, that if you're going to add ad responsibly, Matt Arnold clearly took to it, and here we are getting what we wanted. Yeah, I'd still hope that we paid ourselves for you know the spot in our own podcast, but he certainly did add responsibly a very responsible deadline from the Brewers. But having said that, a very active deadline too. I mean, they did get quite a bit done. I think I've made some interesting moves. I don't think I've really shaken up anything of what either the present or the future of this team would be in a negative sense, which for those uh, those who remember last season, that's, that's a positive. I don't think we're going to have a situation like that. Um, in fact, they didn't trade away from the major league clubhouse at all. Certainly a figure who has spent plenty of time there and will have... Deep Connections is gone, but he wasn't currently with the Brewers anyway. We'll get to all of that. Yeah, I think uh, an interesting an interesting deadline from Matt Arnold. Of course, we've already talked about Carl Santana, and he's already settling into life as a Brewer. Um, But he didn't stop there, Matt Arnold. He just kept on going. 
he sure didn't. Like you said, first domino that fell uh, was getting in Carlos Santana. And I think let's go chronologically on this, Adam. Um, uh, last night, yesterday, we learned of, I believe it was yesterday. Who knows? Time is running together. Um, the Brewers acquired Mark Canna from the New York Mets in exchange for pitching prospect Justin Jarvis. Canna, uh, career WRC plus of 117, had as high as a WRC plus as 128 uh, last season. Uh, he is 34 years old, so uh, on the you know downslope of his career, probably from a production standpoint, can play uh, left field, right field, first base, figures to get some time at DH, has spent time uh, at third base in his career, would not expect to, to see much of that uh, as a brewer. Kind of known for his plate discipline, he uh, he gets on base. And so uh, uh, a guy that we'll expect to see, as Craig Council has already stated, a lot in right field, um, time at DH as well, left field, when Yelly DHs, this means we'll probably see a lot of South Freeland and Joey Weimer platooning in center field. So a move that offers the Brewers uh, more flexibility on the roster, which has kind of just been the nature of this season as they – um, have tried to figure out a lineup that can be productive. And uh, yeah, they they do this at not a severe cost. Jarvis, uh, uh, a pitcher that, you know, is it's not in the Robert Gassers or the Carlos Rodriguez's or the Jacob Mizorowski's of the world in their system. So a guy that, you know, is expendable and can be used to give you that incremental upgrade in the lineup. I'm big fan of this move. Uh, signed a two-year deal worth $26.5 million with the Mets uh, in 2022. So he'll be a free agent after next season, unless the Brewers decide to pick up his uh, club option for $11.5 million in 2024. Uh, the buyout is $2 million on that contract. Got all that from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. So thank you to J.R. Radcliffe there. Adam, I'll turn it over to you. Thoughts on the Kana move or Kana? Well, the, before you turn it over to me, I guess the one thing we're detailing in the upfront of the details is uh Steve Cohn's generosity. Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. In in playing a part in this deal, which he's essentially paid his his salary for the rest of the season. I saw one place that it was he paid leaving the Brewers with the minimum. I saw it reported elsewhere that it was essentially all of his salary. I I don't know. I mean, this is kind of what the Mets have been doing in the past couple of days to kind of just clear themselves out of a lot of spending. And hey, when you've got lots of money to spend, I guess you're not going to win a World Series. You're not going to be a playoff team this year. Well, why not cash in, pull back a whole bunch of prospects and go again from a position of spending power in the upcoming offseason? That seems to be the process and maybe also do something of a, a reset for when a, maybe David Stearns comes in and takes control and maybe Craig Council becomes their manager. So I guess thank you, Steve Cohen, for helping to make this happen, making life easier for the always thrifty brewers. I guess my, my overall thoughts of this is I'm, I'm pleased. I think it's a nice piece of business. Not necessarily the kind of elite pop we were looking for the kind of power hitter that might give them some of what has been lacking this year with Willie and Rowdy really struggling um, but I feel very safe in saying a really high floor guy, a guy whose floor is better than where uh, most Brewers performance levels have been throughout this current season you're right to add the versatility, the versatility into the mix I think that's a uh, Certainly a big pro for the Brewers. And we're already kind of seeing some of that. I mean, as we're recording, he's in a lineup. He's going to be playing his first Brewers game by the time anyone listens to this podcast. Um, hopefully that will have gone well. But I, I do think you can already see interesting lineup combinations that the trade deadline has opened up. And I think Santana in the mix is a big addition. Now Cannon in the mix is a big addition. So yeah, I'm a I'm a fan. I think it will work out very nicely just in terms of adding another veteran quality hitter. Um and I guess he falls very much into this is what it looks like when you're buying and you are active and you do push and we credit the brewers for that, but you are buying responsibly as the, you know, the paid for advertising set us up for. 
Um, yes. Can't forget the paid for advertising. That's an important thing, Adam. Thank you. Um, another thing is, uh, Canada just seems like a kind of a good dude. Like, uh, that's kind of his reputation around baseball. Spent a lot of time with the Oakland A's and then uh, obviously recently the Mets, um, has an Instagram, uh, food account. So, you know, scroll through that, see what kind of good food Canada has been. I'm a follower. So you are a follower now. So, all right. Yeah. I think I need to, you know, I don't spend much time on Instagram, but I made my return yesterday to post a photo of my dog on his birthday. So, uh, it seems like a good time to follow Mark Canna's, uh, food account. Also, uh, very active in, um, promoting pride nights um i've seen throughout his career so somebody that uh you know i i have the the naive thing of you know thinking that sometimes in sports you can uh have uh teams and players that you know kind of align with your uh priorities and and morals and you know it's nice to have one you know one of those guys in the fold uh this group of blue brewers players this year just seems like a group of good guys and so you know it's a it's a nice extra thing to have there on justin jarvis uh, the guy that obviously is going to the Mets organization, you have to you have to give to get um, drafted in the fifth round of the 2018 draft out of Lake Norman High School in Mooresville, North Carolina. So sorry to see a fellow North Carolinian uh, head out the door, but like like I just said, you have to give to get. Jarvis has spent this season mostly at Biloxi uh, and then to Nashville. So 75 and two thirds innings of work. Um, in Biloxi, 14 outings. They were all starts. Then in Nashville, a 10-8, uh, 10.80 ERA across 11 two-thirds innings, three three games, but all three of them starts. So uh, it was kind of towards the back end of the Brewers' uh, top 30 rankings via MLB Pipeline. So um, not one of the guys that we uh, couldn't bear to part with. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens for him in his, in his Mets career. But... Um, I, I think uh, it's safe to say you and I are, are, are okay with the risk reward here um, and getting that kind of just up level and getting another close to league average bat into the lineup like we saw with Carlos Santana, just like there are spots where it would, they just need to be a little bit better if they're going to make this late season run and fend off the Reds and the Cubs. And this, uh, in theory, and hopefully will help them do, help them do that. Yeah, I also think there's an element of kind of like in Connor's case, if we want to view him as an outfielder, which he may, may end up spending quite a bit of time at first base, but so much of the kind of pressure, the expectation, the outfield is on rookies. It's on Freelich and Weimer. And in Weimer's case, certainly, and who knows, hopefully not, but possibly Freelich's as kind of time drags on. I think an old head around to... Uh, has it completely lost it a la Jesse Winker? Uh, might not be the worst thing to have, both from a, being able to just step in and give those guys days off, but also to kind of set something of an example and to to provide a little bit more veteran leadership there alongside Yelly and just give the Brewers some options um, in that department. I, I think that's important. And I think to your point too, like, Ultimately, this stuff doesn't matter because we have zero control over it. But he does seem like a guy who generally fits the Brewers' vibe. Uh, I don't know and don't want to know if everyone in the the clubhouse shares his values because we'd likely be disappointed on that. And I'll I'll cite Barakana as my my uh, source for that because uh, I read a really good kind of conversation he had around i guess the time of the tampa bay rays um much publicized what we call them pride protests like with a lot of their bullpen um and yeah he spoke quite openly about you know in any other part of the country any other sector of life it's probably like we've moved past gay rights being something people are fighting for he's like yeah not in baseball like that's just how it is and he talks about being this guy from, I believe he's from the Bay Area, right? Or somewhere close to that. Um, or are you like he went to Cal Berkeley or some somewhere like that? So a very kind of liberal Californian guy who has talked about something of a culture shock he has found in baseball. And 
He acknowledges that to plenty of his teammates, he is probably the annoying guy who will speak up and speak out for anyone and everyone over the course of a season. Um, but he means it very sincerely. And as as I shared in the Discord, the first thing when I see his name, which will probably now change because hopefully he's going to give us some great memories. But I was sitting in the stands at AmFam for the home opener alongside Mr. Andrew Snyder when... We'll we'll set it up as essentially I was tipped on the shoulder, you know, like one of those memes where there's like a guy in a nightclub and he's like shouting into a girl's ear, and it was it was that except it was this. He seems like a really great guy. He seems like the kind of guy you want to root for, and it doesn't hurt, does it? It's gonna make us feel better about it. Uh, whether he's good or bad is ultimately gonna determine his success. But if he could be good and he's a guy that I think people will feel kind of happy rooting for hey that's that's kind of a nice bonus but i do think like aside from from that element and i guess where our values lie um in terms of like human decency uh i i think aside from that there is just a general what is the personality of a team what is the personality of a clubhouse and managing your vibes and they may have been even more careful with this because it wasn't that they brought in someone really destructive to it last year, but they traded away one of everyone's favorites in Josh Hader. So this time around, I think there are routes they could have gone with this. For example, Marcana's former teammate, uh, Tommy Pham, who has a different <laughs> energy, <laughs> well-publicized. Like The Brewers could have gone that route. They could have had that conversation, brought him into the mix, and I feel like that would be a like very different kind of guy to kind of what the brewers have generally been attracted to so on that front as well i think there's kind of some some synchronicity some kind of dedication to keeping a level of harmony in the mix as well where mark kind of should fit in about all accounts as being a pretty good teammate in the league we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, that's a good point you make uh, because he has had to be in, or had to be maybe an outlier in a clubhouse just with like his personal beliefs and what he cares about. Uh, that makes you and being able to navigate a long career doing that as like uh, one of the the odd people out with that sort of thing kind of makes you really good at assimilating to a clubhouse and like being yourself. Um, but also like, just like teammates respect you and, and that sort of thing, even if they, they uh, disagree with you. So that's an interesting thought. It's really on brand for me, Adam, to just be like at a baseball game with you and be like, Hey, that guy's my favorite liberal in baseball. Uh, it, it's just like <laughs> really on brand for me. Um, and this podcast, but, uh, yeah, uh, Canna made his debut in 2015 with Oakland. He was drafted originally um, by the Marlins in the seventh round. I think he uh, wound up in the 
Rockies organization briefly as a Rule 5 pick, then was traded to Oakland, and uh, like has really just been a solid player um, most of the seasons in his career. And uh, glad to see him in the Brewers lineup tonight as we record this, as they hope to face the uh, or hope to get uh, revenge on the Washington Nationals after a, a first game of that series that really kicked me in the teeth. So need the good vibes immediately. Uh, after a fourth to... consecutive loss to the Nationals coming into that game, which is worth noting. So it's quite a lot of a revenge that they need to have queued up. It sure is, Adam. Um, anyway. Um, moving on to other transactions that the Brewers have made. Uh, we've got uh, three more to go through. Two of them notable. Um, Andrew Chafin has been acquired from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Chafin was a guy that uh, over the course of the last offseason, uh, you and I talked about as potentially being an option for the bullpen. That didn't happen. Uh, Chafin's a left-handed reliever, obviously, uh, and that became a big need with Justin Wilson going down in the bullpen uh, last Friday night. Hobie Milner has had to be relied upon significantly uh, this year as for most of the season, the only uh, lefty in the bullpen save uh, a Bennett Sousa appearance or so. Um, but yeah, Chafin comes in uh, not having his best year in terms of ERA, a 419 ERA across 34 and a third innings, but uh, he's striking guys out. I had his uh, baseball savant page up earlier. I think he's 93rd uh, percentile in strikeout rate this season, so he's missing bats. Walks have been an issue this year. His walk rate has increased um, um, from where it was the last few seasons, but a guy that can come and pitch in high leverage situations and has experience doing that. The return going the other way, um, to the Diamondbacks is Peter Strzelecki. Strzelecki, as we all know, had a very great or a very good um, season last year in 35 innings. This year started the season well before um, some regression kicked in. He was then sent to Nashville. He had been back with the major league team recently, but I don't think he got into a game. Uh, during his time back, if I'm remembering that correctly. I'm not entirely sure, but he didn't. Cool. Um, Fastball velocity has been down, forcing fastball velocity down over a mile per hour since last season. Strikeout rates down around 7%. So something just wasn't clicking for Strezlecki. He's a great story, obviously, going from undrafted to being a major piece in a major league bullpen over the course of parts of the last two seasons. Uh, But maybe a change of scenery was in the cards, and uh, you have to give to get. I'll say that again. And the Justin Wilson injury kind of made uh, getting Chafin uh, essential to the rest of the season in the Brewers' minds, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, high pedigree, quality reliever, slightly weird season. I think it's safe to say. Um, strikeout rate is currently on track to be the highest of his career. Walk rate on track to be the highest since his rookie season so yeah there's a lot going on there there might be some of it that needs to be reined in by the pitching lab um era is a little on the high side which i'm sure will catch people's eye he didn't help himself his second last outing um gave up five earned runs and two-thirds of an inning which is not great but otherwise it's pitched pretty well of late um I think they were like, I think Craig Council is already on the record as saying this. He was very impressed and I guess appreciative of how quickly Matt Arnold worked on this because this was not something they were going to be in the market for, really, if it wasn't for the injury that struck. So they needed another left handed arm. So that wasn't just Hobie Milner in the bullpen. Um, I would assume that is going to be where Aaron Ashby's role is going to be, but who knows how much of him we see this season where that's at um and as it goes for Strzelecki I've been giving Strzelecki updates the last few weeks um could see him trending back in the right direction or at least putting up zeros again uh saw what I guess was like an exit interview with Brewers Media that he he gave Adam McAlvey um I think Todd Rosiak as well were 
were both there speaking to him just in the aftermath of the trade. And he, he did talk about he do, he does feel like his stuff has got back to where he was last year and he feels that level of confidence. So he was a little surprised because he really felt ready to go with the Brewers. The reality of that, though, is the Brewers might just feel like, hmm, not sure on this. And this is a chance to sell high on him and get a, a solid reliever in the mix without having to part with a prospect. And if that proves to be the case, I think it's hard to have any real issues with it. I mean, it's possible Strzelecki looks great, like he looked for the Brewers last year and goes on to have a great career. If Chafin's good for the Brewers, that won't matter. You've got what you needed out of the trade because even just the lefty element of it is certainly part of the value here. I like this as an addition. I like it in terms of the price. In an ideal world, I wouldn't have minded seeing Strez again a few times with the Brewers and just being like, maybe he has figured it out. But I've I've said this privately um, today or maybe it was in our group chat in the Discord. I can't remember where exactly it was. I'll say it again now. I am inclined to trust the Brewers' eye when it comes to pitching, when it comes to relievers. They do a great job of creating quality relievers out of nothing. And I think part of that too then has to be being ahead of the curve on, I guess, seeing when guys are on the way out or when maybe, you know, we just caught some fire there. There was lighting in a bottle, but it's not going to last. we got to move on. If they feel like this is the time to move on from Strzelecki, that's fine by me. And the other part of it is just maybe the alternatives you know, they needed a lefty reliever. Maybe alternatives were prospects that they don't want to part with. And I think Strez could be a good reliever, but ultimately, I think that's a that's the responsible price again. I guess to bring it back to that, it's it's a very responsible deal, and um, to come up with someone who, I don't know, other teams may well have given a somewhat you know mid tier prospect for, um, so. We'll see. We'll see. I, I like the move. I think there's a little bit of work that maybe the Brewers will see here just to tighten things up again. But as you mentioned, the fact he's missing bats this year is a really good thing. If it could rain in those walks, could be an absolute menace down the stretch. And also, I'm, look, I'm hopeful maybe by the time that we're wrapping up the, the series of the Nationals, we'll be able to talk about an outing breaking this run. Things are getting a little iffy with Elvis Peguero lately. And if that disrupts what was essentially the the A team for the Brewers, some moves in whatever directions are going to have to come around. You're going to have to work something out for who's going to partner up UL Piamps and Devin Williams if that continues. And we'll see. There could be some movement and it may create a need for someone else to step into a higher leverage role. Could well be Hobie Milner based on like what he's shown, what he's earned. But there are options. And I think we were looking forward to Justin Wilson being back. So him going down, the fact that a quality reliever is still coming into the mix is very welcome. Uh, pitch mix wise, primarily sinker slider also throws a four seamer. And he has a change up. He's thrown eight times this year and three times last year, according to baseball savant. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I agree with everything you said. Um, you can never have too many <laughs> bullpen arms at your disposal. Um, toward going into the stretch run, like you said, if Pagaro, uh, you know, is dealing with something and, and needs to figure something out, um, it's nice to have other guys that have had experience pitching in high leverage situations. Uh, has a club option for next year, uh, $7.25 million. And I uh, seven hundred fifty thousand dollar buyout according to Spotrack here. So that is it on Andrew Chafin. Uh, the biggest deal of the day: Alex Jackson going from uh, the AAA Nashville Sounds to the other dugout to the Durham Bulls for relief pitcher uh, Evan McKendry. So uh, a move there uh, at the AAA level. Uh, this has gotten. You know, speculation running rampant. Adam, could we see Jefferson Caro up to AAA Nashville very soon? Maybe we will. And uh, I have some schedule, uh, some schedule uh, scanning to do if that is the case. Oh, I would love would love to see. 
Uh, I think they're they're coming to they're not in Durham right now, so they're playing each other in Nashville. But I think there's one more Nashville to Durham trip this season. Um, and you know if if that is the case, you'll be parked out for all those games. Yeah, I think I need to do some boots on the ground reporting. Um, yeah, the Labor Day weekend. So. Well, mm. and the preceding week in August because of the way AAA does their schedule. So yeah, I'll have uh, plenty of opportunities. Hopefully, if Caro is indeed uh, headed to Nashville with uh, Alex Jackson, uh, swapping clubhouses, which is you know something that I was talking about with Jamer Candelario this week. He ended up going to the Cubs, so that was unfortunate. Um, but yeah, uh, just a, a very a very funny dynamic to me to just think about. Being like, all right, you've been traded. Oh, where am I going? I got to think about my travel. Oh my god, what's happening? And it's like, oh, just down the hall. Just go down the hall. I, I, I hadn't even really given thought to the the Jefferson Cairo thing yet, but that makes sense. I also do think Churio is going to be in Nashville very soon. I wonder if they kind of move those guys together because it feels like they've been progressing up the ladder very similarly. Um. So yeah, that could be one. I don't know that I I'd know your schedule well enough to, th- to know that. I don't think that's the best weekend for you, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully, you get to see some of the Brewers' really really exciting prospects in Durham. Little little bit down the road. Yeah, that uh, that'll be nice. Evan McKendry, um, actually, he was primarily a starter this year. I said reliever, but he's had fifteen starts. It looks like in five relief appearances. A four zero zero ERA uh, across those outings um, uh, was the a ninth round pick out of uh, Miami. It looks like um, I don't know if that's of Ohio or you know the one in Coral Gables because it does not say it's, it here. It's uh, the one. In, it's the one in Coral Gables. Okay, uh, you know I would think so when talking about a, a baseball prospect, but uh, yeah, I didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to assume anything. And make a fool of myself, but uh, McKendry obviously is uh, going to be on the sounds. Ninety-six and two-thirds innings pitched this year, so kind of a triple-A arm there. Break in case of emergency. Hope we won't have to use him. Brandon Woodruff, by the way, making his uh, rehab start uh, probably uh, in about an hour, half hour. Who knows? Uh, I couldn't know if I clicked on the schedule. Uh, the final news of the day, Adam, is um, one that you speculated about. Um, a few podcasts ago, Luis Arias has been traded to the Boston Red Sox, uh, for a right-handed pitcher who is in high A or was in high A Greenville most recently, Bradley Blaylock. But Luis Arias on the move. The Red Sox, it appears, have assigned him to Triple A. I think I saw Peter Abraham of the um, Boston Globe reporting. Um, yeah, Luis Arias, a guy who in 2022 and 2021 was, you know, above average bat, played third base, shortstop, second base, um, and then struggled with injuries and was just not good at all during his time with the Brewers this year. And uh, another guy where a change of scenery is probably best for all parties. And, uh, yeah, no no more Weicho in the mix for third base or second base. Yeah, I guess for Weicho, I mean, as you said, injuries have been a recurring issue. As long as we've been in this podcast, Luis Arias has been frequently injured. Um, there have been ups and downs with his defense, depending what position he's at. I also think, as much as say Brian Anderson's season has had its own injury problems and its own inconsistencies, Brian Anderson's arm at third has shown something very, very different in the Brewers' defense. We've seen Owen Miller actually play some really nice third base, too, um, at a time where he was hitting. That's not really the current moment. But I think that and then with further additions, I mean, Bryce Sarang, you obviously got outstanding defense. You want more with the bat, but if they're at a place where it's like, yeah, well, let's give him that opportunity. Let's get him the reps, let's try and work it out, let's hope that clicks into place, and now we've got, like, absolutely elite defense to begin with. Do you want Luis Arias, when he's struggling, blocking his pathway? Is he the best option at third this season? I don't think so. Is he the best option at second? I don't think so. Um, 
So that with the injuries, with the struggles, just kind of left in something of a no man's land. It did seem like he's a candidate because he is a good player. And if he gets healthy and stays healthy, shows a little bit of something, he could be very good for a team and could be very good in Major League Baseball for quite some time. He seemed like the change of scenery candidate. I said that all along. Interesting deal. Um, this kind of broke just before we started. So you and I are in the very preliminary stages of getting to know Bradley Blylock. Uh, coming off Tommy John surgery, that is obviously something of a concern. But pitching pretty well. Good age profile. Seems from the very brief video I saw him pitching to have kind of an interesting release. Um, long-limbed, kind of slightly funky release point. But he's been pitching well, and if, you know, the recovery from Tommy John surgery pans out as being, you know, this is all good, this could be a really nice flyer. Um, Maybe it amounts to something where we look back on it, and it's like they kind of just dumped Weicho in the end, he, Blaylock ended up as nothing. But I don't think there's any harm when you've decided, you know what, we're ready to move on from Luis Arias to take a look at a starting pitcher in this kind of age range who, in spite of some of the knocks, some of the issues that you'd have, some of the concerns you'd have, has been pitching pretty well. And, I mean, there are good starting pitchers and there are good pitching prospects in the system, but it isn't that long ago, really, that we were talking about it being one of the weak spots of the Brewers' farm. Seems somewhat noteworthy that a couple of pitchers routed today, albeit pitchers of entirely different profiles. But I'm curious. Uh, you know, Blaylock's got my attention. I'll, I'll be more than happy to monitor how his progress goes because there might be something there. I don't think this is going to necessarily please people um, right off the bat when you're like, the Brewers are supposed to be making a push and they're they're getting rid of Luis Arias and they're bringing in Bradley Blaylock. Um, but I, I think we kind of fit into a category with some other guys, Casanura being one, um, where I just think the Brewers have kind of made their mind up. And if this is an opportunity to get someone that maybe they have an interest in, and again, maybe the pitching lab see something there, see a little bit more that they're excited to work with. I'm not opposed to it as a flyer because let's say it all pans out and you've got a guy who could be a major league pitcher, like towards the, the back part of your rotation, that is value. That's good business. And it's where to look. Yeah, I agree. There was part of me that was thinking we maybe deserved one more chance, but like you with the pitching that you're talking about uh, being shipped out, Strzelecki for Schaefer um, I kind of, <clears throat> I trust Matt Arnold and the front office if they think that it's time to move on. Like, I, I just trust that decision-making from them and am willing to accept it. And like you said, just get another guy into the pitching lab and, you know, see if you found something. And if you haven't, oh, well. Um, yeah, um... I think the the kind of deadline overall, Adam, that you and I'd say would say they, they walked it exactly how we wanted them to. I would have, you know, we would have loved more impact, more power. Uh, maybe power is the, uh, power is the big one. I mean, that's the thing that I think yeah. this team is still really lacking and could ultimately prove terminal for them. Like, I, I think coming out of the deadline now, you got to look at this and be like, this team needs Santana to like kind of click i mean we've seen a homer already that's encouraging they need rowdy Tellez healthy and looking like himself um they need willie adamas to not be just complete and utter garbage like he's been for essentially the last month some positive signs um last night in the first game of the, the national series do they mean anything possibly not let's let's see him put a series together and let's see him put more than that together like power is definitely the concern, but I also see where they'll be like, we've got the horses in the back. Uh, I just, 
I will have to be convinced that the horses have still got that kick in their legs. Um, they just went three up, three down in the first inning against the Nationals. Adam, I'm panicking. Sound the panic alarm. I left the panic alarm in the other room. Sorry, uh, no panic alarm. Uh, but Will, yeah. Willie's fourth in the order tonight, right? So, uh, uh, he uh, he is fourth. Um, listen, we might we so, might get a homer from Willie, and that will be the start of the power returning. Who could who could say, Andrew? We we will be able to probably before we wrap the pod, but. Let's just let's the, thinking out there. I've got the he's back alarm somewhere in here. I can't. Let's see. Ugh. I I gotta do a better job of keeping up with my alarms, Adam. Um. Yeah. See, t- like t- uh, Todd Rosiak at the Journal Sentinel says, Bruce GM Matt Arnold said he consummated the Luis Arias trade with one minute to go before the deadline. So, wow. Some last some last minute work there. Um. Yeah, I was trying. I was gonna try and uh, read this uh, Fangraphs screenshot about Bradley Blaylock, but it's it's uh, it's too much. No, I've got a few a few uh, pieces here. Uh, sitting ninety three to ninety five, up to ninety seven. So uh, his fastball, they say, is a plus plus pitch, and his secondaries have leveled up in quality. Um. So hey, you know, cool. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, the delivery definitely seems weird, which either will end up being a real positive or a real negative. And I guess so, that, that's part of what you got to wait out and see. I mean, maybe he's maybe he's a reliever, you know? Yeah, it's uh, that's you can uh, never have too many. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I wanted I wanted Jamer. I was all in on that. Didn't happen. Goes to a, div- a division rival. That's tough. But, you know. I imagine the asking price, you know, was something we probably not would would not have been happy with um, if they had made the move. So, yeah, like you said, just this, this isn't a push your chips in year. Um, you're building towards competing for the division or wild card, getting in and trying to play spoiler, make some noise and make a deep run if you can. But you don't get rid of the guys that might be the next era of a truly great Brewers baseball team. So I'm happy with the work that they've done. I think they, they walked a fine line and they kept the, they kept the car on the road and they got to the destination. And now we just have to see if all the pieces fit, maybe they won't. Uh, As we learned last year, Adam, especially with a relief pitcher trade, like those things can uh, go awry or, you know, they can work out well. I mean, I've, the all of the names that people were rattling off in the discords of reliever acquisitions gone wrong over the last few years. Daniel Norris, uh, John That's, Curtis. Don't, don't uh, mention some of these names. I just want to cut this off I'm not, now. But don't I'm put not, this. I'm not, I'm not going to mention the 2022 names. Don't worry. Don't um, put any of this out there. My larger point is, you never know if it's going to work until you see it on the field, and it's time to see it on the field and and see if they can uh, chase down the Reds. Or grab one of those wild card spots, and uh, either way, you and I will be here to talk about it, whether it's elation or group therapy. On the Reds, I guess noting the Reds' reports today were that they were after a starter, right, and that did not materialize. I don't think they necessarily had the deadline they wanted to have. They added Sam Mole, um, reliever from A's, the yeah. Oakland A's. Did I miss any other Reds? Was that it? Uh, great question. I think I think uh, that was it. Let's see. I've got the tracker up. I guess we should talk about the other big news while I'm looking this or big moves while I'm looking this up. We mentioned. Well, uh, I, I want to. Yeah, well, that's the place to go because I want to keep it division focused for now because uh, the Brewers are doing their best to really put themselves in a like a real race and behind the eight ball instead of pulling away. So the Reds, I feel like the Brewers can feel good in terms of having got to make some moves in comparison to them. But the Cubs is the, dare I say, the wild card, and they may be hoping to be more than the wild card. Um, Jamer Candelario to the Cubs. They held on to Stroman and Cody Bellinger. Uh, they DFA'd, it sounds like, Trey Mancini. Mm-hmm. Um 
Did I miss any other Cubs moves? Um, the Cardinals uh, sold off a little bit. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, Jordan Hicks, uh, Jack Flaherty to the Orioles. Um, Paul DeYoung was moved. Um, so, yeah, uh, a lot of different moves within the division. The Cubs, obviously, it's it's my fault because I, we were talking about, oh, where did the Cubs even upgrade? And I was like, how about third base? And then they went out and did that. So I apologize uh, for manifesting that accidentally. Um, the Pirates, who are obviously not in, in this conversation anymore, sent Austin Hedges uh, to the Rangers. They sent uh, Rich Hill to the Padres. The Padres had a just oh, Angie Manchoy um, to the Padres. Um, the Padres, so they swap out G Man Choi and Josh Bell, who, who they sent um, away. Uh, kind of a weird deadline overall. Um, the, the Padres one was uh, particularly confusing to me that the, their decision making versus the Mets' decision making. I guess they swept the Rangers and were like, all right, it's party time. But I'm pretty sure they lost to the Rockies last night. So, yeah, a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, moving parts. Do you want a Matt Arnold quote on Bradley Blaylock before we finish up? I would love one. It's a courtesy of Adam McAlvey. Um, quote, it's a power curve ball. It's a 92 to 95 mile per hour fastball. I think he immediately slots into one of our better pitching prospects in our system. Um, and then from Todd Rosiak on Evan McKendry quote, immediate major league insurance for us with our pitching staff, rightfully kind of uh, you know, backing up what you what you rightfully noted, which is that's kind of, I guess, another Jansen Junk type um, in the mix I guess is what Evan McKendry is going to be and hopefully we never have to see him fill out that kind of role, particularly at a time when the heavyweights should be coming back to the Brewers starting pitching rotation. But uh, yeah, I, you know what? I like the idea of Bradley Blaylock immediately slotting in into one of our better pitching prospects in the system. So I hope, hope Matt Arnold's proven correct on that. Uh, did I read somewhere on the timeline that um, he's Rule Five eligible this uh this winter? So he'll be needed to be added to the forty man. I believe like, I saw real? our our friend Logan point that out in our uh, our Discord. Okay, I've got. Oh yeah, and this is. Okay, yeah, I've got something from Jack Cern of Brew Crew Ball who, um, is talking about that as well and and speculating that you know maybe he'll they'll uh send him all the way up to Biloxi to get a start in the organization. So yeah, uh, it compels me. Compels me, Adam. It's it's a deal that if it works out, like will be a great, great trade. And I mean, I guess that's part of what when you're at a point where you're just you're out on a guy and you're going to move on. It's like well, if you can get that out of it for someone who has been in triple A. Give yourself a chance. And if it, if it pans out, you're going to feel very good about it. And if it doesn't, I I know there's a name value and there's a, something of an emotional attachment with Luis Arias, but I don't feel like the Brewers felt all that great about the utility he had for the, for the club anymore. So I think the move just opens up kind of, you know, new possibilities and gives them a, another option when it comes to starting pitching, which again was something we were quite concerned about for a long time, just in terms of depth and, Honestly, like the year Eric Lauer has had and whatever's going on with Eric Lauer makes it a more pressing concern too. Like if if any of these guys in the next one to two years want to really kind of kick on and become steady fourth, fifth man in the Brewers rotation, uh, I think that would be a really big deal. And beyond that, it's something they're going to need because we know the questions that are going to be up the front end of that rotation too. So there's going to be a lot to figure out on that front and what's kind of been the, I guess, the ever-reliable element of the Brewers and giving yourself a couple of more options, giving yourself a couple more lottery tickets seems like a worthwhile approach. And uh, I didn't really dig into Justin Jarvis's profile as a pitcher uh, very much. So I don't know like his pitch mix as it compares to what you just said about Blaylock. 
but it, it's almost like kind of a, and he's in AAA and has been in AA, so it's it's different from that standpoint, even though they are close in age. But it is kind of just like, okay, you sent him out to get Cannon, now you get Blaylock added to the mix, and it almost like replaces that kind of uh, move. And uh, Willie Adamas just doubled, so we're back, baby. There we're you go. <laughs> this bat's alive, I told you. It's all going to be okay. Uh, listen, Rowdy's going to be back hitting dingers in no time. Do I believe this? No, not really. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope for it. I think the Brewers need to kick on right now. It's a good opportunity to do so. If they don't do it right now, they may never do it, or we may end up with another one of these seasons where we mourn this time of the year as a real turning point. Although, at least this time around, I don't think the Brewers have done anything to shoot themselves in the foot at the deadline. Yeah, I. Uh... I agree. For for the time being, I'm keeping the vibes good. Uh, I had a weekend full of bad vibes, and for now, I'm steering into the positivity. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think that's all I got. I'm obviously, we'll be staring at each other in 28 yeah. or 36 hours or however mm-hmm. much it ends up being. Yeah, try not to dip into uh, the joint account between now and then. As always, thanks to all of you for listening. If you want to make sure you catch the next episode recapping the National Series and all future episodes of the podcast, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. That's cruising for a bruising. You should also check out the rest of the GSPN shows. Got the Eurostep Podcast Network, the main feed, home to all things Milwaukee books. Got Talk to Tundra for all of your Green Bay Packers podcasting needs. And we've got Make Time for This for all things movies, pop culture. You'll hear more from Andrew and I there. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Matt Arnold. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Matt Arnold. Thank you, joint account. <laughs>